I'm Brad Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. And uh, welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. Uh, we are getting ready. We, we just wrapped up our first hour. Today is, what is today? Today is Monday, November the 6th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is episode 963. It's Hour 2 of episode 963. If you missed our first hour, you missed a really fun, fast-moving hour as we had Mark Panicelli on from 252 ESPN, 107.5 FM in Greenville and New Bern. We talked a lot of ECU football. We talked uh, some NASCAR championship. Uh, it was a fun, just a fun uh, first hour. Coming up here in our second hour, we're going to have our good friend uh, Chris Edwards join us here on the line with us here in just a few moments, uh, he's going to be joining us on the Spence Automotive guest line. And let me tell you something. Spence Automotive is where I get my car service. It's absolutely positively where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by local sports riding legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011. The next time you need your car service when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. Just one of the absolute good guys out there. And joining me right now on our Spence Automotive guest line, one of the best, man, is uh, one of my, my dear friends. I'm not afraid, and I, I've told you this uh, for the last few months, Chris Edwards. I love you. I thank the world of you. I have my, my heart has hurt for you in some things. We're going to get that out of the way first here, and we're going to then talk uh, ACC women's basketball, ACC men's basketball. I just want to know before we even get into anything here, how's my good friend Chris Edwards doing? Brian, it's great to be with you always. We're doing great. Uh, you know, it's been a, an adventurous summer, uh, and but we've come out, I think, on the other side of it, and uh, a lot of lessons were learned, and it's just it's good to be back, and always great to be on with you, and the feeling is definitely mutual, so uh, thanks for having me on. Well, it is absolutely my honor. As I said in my monologue in the first hour when I was talking about having you on this hour, it's like, you know, it was one of those things I kind of wanted to wait and let things kind of – uh, even themselves out or whatever. And, uh, dude, the cream always rises to the top and look, I mean, dude, you have not lost a step. You are doing great. Hey, let's let, I, like I said, man, let's put this, uh, let, let's sure. talk about this and get this behind us so we can talk about other stuff here. Uh, and I, as I told people and people know this too, I took 17 days off this summer, the longest vacation I've ever had in my life, Chris. And, uh, we're in the state of Washington. Uh, I don't even remember I'm driving or something and somebody, it might've been Scott or somebody said, Hey, have you heard what happened with Chris? And I'm like, Oh my God. At first, you know, my heart is like, please don't tell me he's been in an accident or something like that. But, uh, just, uh, the situation you had, uh, accepted the job you went through this long long process you'd accepted the job to be uh the next voice of the pirates to uh take over uh after uh the, the sad passing of jeff charles you know what uh dude i'm just gonna let you take it over from there dude yeah you know it's unfortunate uh brian that there was uh, I me mean, look I, I will be the first to admit i, I made a mistake um I, I feel like you know hindsight being 2020 i should have probably been a little more forthright i could have corrected the press release that went out. I could have done a few other things. Uh, I, I certainly wish we could have found a different resolution. Um, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, ECU made the decision that, that, that they felt like they needed to make. And I certainly understand that. They did what was right for them in their eyes. And you know what? That's okay. It didn't work out. Um, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. That There's a reason that this didn't work out for whatever it was. Uh, I, I have no animosity, no ill will. I mean, I can say that now, <clears throat> having come out the other side of it a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it hurt. It, it stung. You know, I, I I could sit here and make a bunch of excuses and tell you, you know, this or that or, or whatever. And, and that doesn't do anybody any good at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Um, I, I'll just tell you that, that, you know, I've learned a valuable lesson. Um, and we've moved on. Everybody's moved on. Now, the caveat I, I will tell you is now I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that I think I did something super egregious right i mean you know that not to say that anybody's mistakes are worse than anybody else's but i don't think my transgression was any worse than what 
has happened to other people in the past, but I certainly own my mistake. I've learned from it, and, and you know, it's been really humbling uh, to see the amount of people who have reached out uh, to just say, hey, don't want anything, don't need anything, just checking on my friend. Um, and, and I've talked to some people in and out of the business that have been really supportive, uh, and it's been uh, really humbling to see the amount of grace that I have been shown by a lot of people uh, when I don't deserve all that grace, right? But I've been given a lot of grace. Uh, I'm thankful to to Duke for bringing me back, you know, to do the women's basketball and a bunch of the, the digital stuff. And there's other stuff in the pipeline too. Uh, but, you know, really almost no questions asked almost immediately. I, and, I, and I took some time after everything went down to really look at myself in the mirror and say, do you still want to do this? Is this something you still want to do? And then I realized, yeah, it is. You know, I, there's, Nothing I love more uh, than maybe uh, smoking some meat on the smoker or trying to play golf uh, than, than call it a game, right? And, and you know, I, I'm thankful that I still get the opportunity. I'm thankful that I have a chance to call a game this morning. That, that I, you know, again, a lot of people have been a lot better to me than what I deserve. And the toughest part of the whole thing was let so many people down, or at least in my mind, I let a bunch of people down. I knew I would figure it out and be okay, but there's a lot of people including you who believed in me, who put their trust in me and went to bat for me. And I feel like I, I you know, I let a lot well, of people. Down. I, I, I'm good. I'm trying to let you continue, but I'm going to interrupt you there, dude. I mean, as I said in the first hour here on the show, as I said, when I got back from vacation and all this stuff was going on, dude, there is nobody. And I, and I'm not saying this because you're on the line with me, dude, and that you're talking to me here on the show. I'm saying this because I've known you since 2007, Okay, you are as yeah I know, dude. Uh, when you were five years old, okay, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but in all sincerity, no, this is a serious subject. And I do, dude. You're the most ethical person I know. You are, uh, and I say this. And please take this in the manner that I, you're a sweet man, and I mean that in a, in the most positive way, dude. I mean, you do care about people. You're a broadcaster's mm -hmm. broadcaster. I've called you that several times before. I mean, and now to give an example, I mean again. When I started doing this uh, seven years ago, doing uh, games here on uh, Bet on the Bull and on 960 AM, who's the first person I called? I called you. And what did you do? You took time out of your schedule to go and sit down with me at a restaurant and bring your notes and show me, hey, this is how I do. Dude, I'm getting goosebumps even just saying this, dude. I mean, you took time out of your schedule to say, hey, this is how I do it. You know, you don't have to do it like this, but this is what works for me. And let me tell you something, Chris. I do what I do on Friday nights and even on this show a lot of times because I have made myself or, you know, have uh, factored myself after you, dude. I mean, I really do, man. I admire you. I respect you. The thing that hurt my heart the most about this whole thing, well, was part one was not getting to hear you every, you know, Saturday calling ECU football games. But the second part was that – People who don't even freaking know you were making judgments on something about you that they don't even know the details about. That's what hurt me the most, Chris, was and then anyone who would listen to me, I, like I said, here on this show, out in public, pirate club people that, you know, that I know here in town and everything, dude, I hope you know, and I know I'm one of an army of Chris Edwards supporters and people who love you, but dude, we had your back, man. I mean, I just, I Thanks. hope you know that, dude. Again, a lot. I feel I feel that every day, uh, and you know, a lot of people have asked when I've been around, you know, at a football game in the fall or a volleyball game or whatever. They've asked, and I've been very transparent with what happened. And I hope now we can like talk about it once and then move on yep, and, and yep. get back to, to to whatever you know to our normal daily routine of calling games. Uh, look, it happened. It's unfortunate the way that it happened. I understand, you know, their decision. Uh, I will tell you, uh, kind of tongue in cheek that Bob Costas never graduated from Syracuse and it turned out okay for him. <laughs> uh, Peter Jennings never graduated from high school. Walter Cronkite has a journalism school named after him and he never went to, to college. Uh, you know, Bob Harris called Duke games for 40 years on the radio and he didn't finish at NC state. So I, I don't know that it's a, it's a necessity. I, I understand. I, I understand the ins and outs of it. Right. And I understand, you know, the public nature of it, but uh, I, I'm just, you know, I think that one mistake should not uh, derail 15 years of doing things pretty well at a, at a pretty high level. So, Amen. The only thing I'm going to, the only question I'm going to ask about this, we're, like you said, we're going to put a bow on this. We're going to talk yeah. about other stuff. I just want to make the point of, listen, know, you told me this, nowhere in your resume 
did you say you had graduated from ECU? This was a no, mistake no. on their part. And I'm not saying ECU was on the company's part that was doing the hiring that in the press release said that you had graduated from there. But dude, yes. this is what this is what I've said. I would have dude, honestly, I would have been so excited about it and all that. I might have even overlooked that, dude. I probably would have, dude, because you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about, hey, I got to get my homework done and get ready for this football season that's upcoming, and then the basketball season after that. I, you know, hey, to me, a, a press release is a formality. I, I guess, the, like I said, the last point I'm making about this, Chris, is this was not your mistake. It was a mistake made by a company by putting something on there about you that wasn't true, and then – you probably, if you had seen it, I know you would have said, hey. Uh, I, well, no, no, I, I, I will push back a little bit. I saw the okay. press release. Okay, and, okay. And, and, I, and, I, and I should have corrected it. You know, I should have corrected it. And look, in, in the folks at ECU that they introduced me as a graduate, I didn't correct that either. So I, I do shoulder some of the blame for this too. Um, I, at that point, it was just like, okay, let's just, you know, let's just go along with it and hope that it goes away. And it didn't. And, and, and you know what? Again. I take responsibility for that. That I do. That that is on me, and I'll be the first one to own up to it. And you know what? I should have been better about it. I should have been more diligent. But it was just a whirlwind. That's not making an excuse. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I made a mistake. I've learned from my mistake. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a big believer that everything in life happens for a reason. There was a reason that this happened, and and maybe I don't know what it is. You know, maybe I can't see it now. Um, but it happened. And again, I harbor no ill will toward anybody because I just, that's not the way that I live my life. You know, I can't, I can't hold grudges with people and we're just going to move on. And I'm just really thankful that the people at Duke showed me a lot of grace when I didn't need to be extended any grace. And I'm, I'm really thankful for all the things that I have, uh, in, in my life. Really lucky that I still get to do what I love every single day. Absolutely. Well, that puts the bow on it. Is one of those things, as you know, Chris, the big elephant in the room. Where you know, if I'm going to have you on to talk about, you know, everything else, we needed to get that out of the way. But guess what, man? It is it is now out of the way. Again, I will just reiterate one more time: you are beloved dude by more people than you know and we support you. And anybody that wants to try to solely your reputation. Uh, dude, I'll kick their ass, man. I mean, I hope you know well, that. I mean, dude, I mean that. I mean, I, I support you. And sad because, because <laughs> Brian, I, I would have. That was a job that I was so excited about, and, and I, I meant it when I said I wanted to be there for forty years. You know, that that, that was a destination job for me, and it it didn't work out. Maybe there's another destination down the road somewhere else that we don't see right now. Well, anyway, like I said, it's behind us now. Let's talk about good yeah. stuff. We've got Chris yeah, Edwards on the – hey, how about this, dude? How about this for a segue? You are a big interview. You know who the big interview is brought by every day? UNC Lenore Healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Duke's arch enemy. you got to love that. But let yeah. me, But i got to thank UNC Lenore Healthcare, the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. Nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kenston for all your health care needs or call them. At 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Our big interview today, Chris Edwards, Duke University and ESPN Plus. And I don't know, dude, uh, one of your other 19 <laughs> jobs that you do so well, dude. And uh, you were talking, you're on the road right now, right? Yeah, heading to Cameron right now. We've got an 11 a.m. tip-off uh, against Richmond today. Uh, Coach Lawson and the women, women's basketball team opens up the season, the 52nd year of Duke women's basketball. And uh, we're looking forward to a fun year in Durham. Uh, well, I, give us a little preview here. Tell us what we can expect this year from uh, those, uh, those, I don't know. I always hate saying lady blue devils because to me, that's almost an insult to those blue devil women from yeah. uh, Duke. Uh, <laughs> give us a little, uh, give us a preview of what you're expecting this season over there, Chris. Yeah, it's a young team, Brian. It's a team that, that's going to rely on some freshmen. Uh, this is a really talented freshman class, the top five, top 10 recruiting class, depending on what service or poll you look at. And uh, this is the first top 10 class, top five class Duke has had in more than a decade. Jaden Donovan, I think, is going to be 
if not the freshman of the year on, on the freshman All-ACC team. She's that good. Duke got a great transfer from Boston College, Deanna Mayer, who is going to be phenomenal. I think she's going to carry this Duke team offensively. And then a couple of, of transfers as well. Uh, Sheila Emso from Yale, who was a first-team All-Ivy League selection a couple of times. And then there's some players back from last year that I think really took a step, at least seeing this uh, exhibition game on Saturday against Wingate. I thought Reagan Richardson looked really well. A really good. She's evolved her game on both ends of the floor. But Ashlyn Jackson has become a, a better shooter. Kennedy Brown, who was great in the post for the Blue Devils last year, that is a little mid-range jumper. And you'll remember, watching this Duke team last year, they were a really solid defensive club. They hung their hat on defense. They were one of the best defensive teams in the country. They were second nationally in scoring defense and top five in field goal percentage defense. And I think that's going to be a strength for this team again this year. They've got to replace some talented players, certainly. But I feel like this is a team that, you know, through a, a, the non-conference portion of the schedule, they're, they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be ready for the rigors of the ACC. Um, and it's going to be a, a tough test in the league this year. Uh, Duke's little pod, whatever you want to call it, they break the scheduling up into three five-team pods. And Duke's pod, I, I call it like the central division. So it's Duke, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. I think that's the toughest of all the regions, of all the pods, because you play all those teams twice, home and away, so having to face Virginia Tech twice, who I think is the best team in the league in the preseason. Uh, North Carolina got to face them twice. I voted the Tar Heels number two in the ACC in my preseason ballot this year. And then you've got teams like Virginia that are always playing well. NC State's going to be in the mix with how good of a coach Wes Moore is. It's going to be another fun year in the ACC. I think it's the best conference in the country, Brian, and I'm looking forward to seeing this Duke team tackle all those challenges. We've got a really competitive non-conference schedule going to Palo Alto in a couple of weeks to face Stanford for a future ACC conference game. Uh, and then we're going to take on South Carolina, a team that just seems to reload every single year. And then there's some talented mid-major teams that are coming to Cameron, like Toledo, like Florida Gulf Coast, and then Richmond today, who Duke's going to see in a couple hours. They return all five of their starters from a team that won 21 games last year, and they're picked fourth in the A-10. And if they're the fourth-best team, in the A-10, that might be the best mid-major league in the country. Wow. Dude, that is a great preview there. Well, where do you see, you said, you know, they're playing in their pod uh, that Duke yeah. is, you know, with the God-fearing Wahoos of the University of Virginia. I heard, you know, I noticed you brought that up there, too. I, I, I still, yeah, well, that was for you. I still have PTSD <laughs> from going to Charlottesville last June, Brian. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, sorry about that, man. But, yeah, uh, but uh, where do you see them in, in, overall in the in the ACC? Talking about the Duke women's basketball team. Yeah. yeah where, where do you see them? I mean, approximately, and who is the cream of the crop in uh, ACC women's basketball this year? Yeah, I voted Duke fifth in my preseason ballot. I mean, and, and I think, you know, I think that's probably where they're at, fourth or fifth. And maybe maybe they slide to sixth, you know, depending on how things work out. Overall, Duke was voted seventh in the preseason. Uh, I thought that was a little low. And, and I told somebody the other day, I said, man, if, if Duke is the number seven team in the ACC this year, the league is way better than I thought it was. Because, I mean, I get it that it was, you know, a division two opponent, and Duke was quicker and bigger and stronger. I understand all that. And, and I also told the person that I was talking to, let me see the team against some D1 opponents for a couple games and then come back and talk to me. But I do think this is a top five team in the ACC. I think this is a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament. Now, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Duke's going to be good enough and going to have the record to be able to host the first and second rounds like they did last year. They might. I, I don't know that, but I think this is definitely an NCAA tournament team, but this is the best league in the country. And look, you can make a case that, you know, the SEC is really good, and it is, you know, with, with some of those teams like South Carolina, like LSU, who won the national championship last year. You can make a case that the Big Ten is the best league in the country with Caitlin Clark in Iowa, and you've got Ohio State, who should be much improved, and on and on and on. But I think top to bottom, you know, this is the, the toughest league in the country, the ACC with Virginia Tech, who – Returns, it feels like everybody, Elizabeth Kitley, the two-time ACC Player of the Year, she's back, and Georgia Amore is back. The nucleus of that Virginia Tech team that went to a Final Four last year returns. North Carolina took a huge step in the offseason, and I think this is kind of the year that Courtney Banghart's been building for, is a season like this, where they believe the Tar Heels do. They've got a legitimate Final Four team on their roster. And then Florida State, my gosh, we hadn't talked about the Seminoles, with Tania Latson, who led the ACC in scoring as a freshman. I mean, Brooke Wyckoff built something special down there, taking over for Sue Simrau 
I mean, every night it's going to be a tough game. Louisville hadn't even talked about the Cardinals, who yeah. seem like they're in the final four every year. I mean, just you know, pick a team and you can you can see how they're going to win some games. I the longer I'm, I'm in this, Brian, and, and you know this, covered sports. The more I the more I appreciate winning because it is so hard to win on a night. It doesn't matter who you play. If you just get you and three of your friends and go out there and play pickup, it's hard to win. It's really hard to win across the landscape of all college sports right now with NIL and the transfer portal and just everybody still being older with all the COVID year still going on. I think this is the last year of the COVID uh, season. It's hard to win, so it makes you appreciate the wins when you get them a lot more. Absolutely. Again, that voice listener is Chris Edwards, uh, the voice of Duke University. Uh, women's basketball uh, joining us here on the Brian Hank show this morning. And it's so perfect, dude. My next question to you was going to be about the transfer portal. We see so much in men's basketball. We see so much in college football uh, and heck even college baseball to a degree. Uh, uh, No, about how the transfer portal has affected those sports. How much has it affected ACC women's basketball? A lot, a lot. And and you're seeing teams just like you do in, in men's basketball going from a, a team that's in their same conference. I mean, uh, Tania Mayer for Duke, she transferred to Duke after a great freshman year at Boston College. Uh, Celeste Taylor, who was at Duke last year, transferred to Ohio State. That's not conference to conference, but, it, you know, it, it happens. I mean, it's happening a lot. And, and I think the thing that hurts the, the high school kid right now is the transfer portal. And you and I have talked about this before. I mean, there are kids, and it happens in women's basketball, Maybe not to the extent that it happens in football or men's basketball, but there are still players that might have gone to a, a mid-major or a high major, and they're under-recruited because you know coaches value the transfer portal. And, and I get it. If you can get a kid that's got you know two, three years of eligibility left and been playing Division One basketball, why would you not go for that versus uh, an 18-year-old, right? Now, I, I say that, and it's got a great class, and they got another great class coming in next year. So, look, I think the transfer portal is good and bad. I was talking to a Division II coach last week. I did the, the Duke-UNC Pembroke exhibition game on TV for the men last week. And I was asking uh, Coach Richards at uh, UNCP about the transfer portal at the Division II level. And he, he said, you know, it hadn't impacted us a ton, but he really dislikes the kids that – if you go from Division II to Division One, you don't have to sit out. It's a free transfer, as it is for everybody. And he really thinks that you should have to sit out a year if you go from one level to another, which I thought was an interesting take. Um, but he made a good point that it's hard to know what does a kid do. Like if they don't, UNC Pembroke, for example, didn't take a lot of Division One transfers. They took a couple of Division Two transfers because in his mind, it's harder to gauge, okay, what did this guy, he averaged four points and three rebounds at Gardner-Webb. Well, what is that? How does that translate to the Peach Belt or to Conference Carolina? But this kid averaged, you know, eight points and nine rebounds in the South, the SAC, the, the, the Southern Athletic Conference that Catawba and other teams are in. That's in more of an equal footing. So I don't know if that answered your question, but I just think it's fascinating the way some coaches use the transfer portal and the way that some don't. Oh, no, you did answer my question. And, it, uh, you know, well, we have a lot of knowledge of Mount Olive, you know, Mount Olive College with it just yeah, being right yeah. up the road here from Kinston. And I just – you don't see a lot of transfer portal stuff. Like you said, I guess the same thing with UNCP. They both play in the same league anyway. I just I just didn't know how much it's affecting women's college basketball, but it sounds like it is quite a bit, right? It, it, it is, yeah. It's impacting it a lot. And it's not just the graduate transfers, which I think we've seen a lot of. Uh, and look, I was talking to somebody the other day, you, you think about it, the first like graduate transfer that you can remember in, in college basketball, because this is kind of where it started. Who Do you have a first, I'm asking you the question, do you have a first recollection of a graduate transfer in college basketball? Goodness gracious. Yeah, but dude, it would, uh, you got to remember, man, I'm 54 and okay. uh, the, the brain is kind of cloudy, but yes, yes. Here's where I'm going with this. Greg Paulus who played basketball at Duke, yeah. was the first grad transfer that I can remember, and he went to play football at Syracuse. Wow. And the reason the reason I bring this up is because he played, he went to Syracuse because Duke didn't have the graduate program that he wanted, right? And, and that's, that was the, the rule. That's the way this graduate transfer thing started, which is crazy. And now we're just getting kids to transfer because they have an extra year of eligibility because of COVID or, or whatever the case might be, right? But now with the portal, I mean, there are kids that have played 
you know, five minutes at a school and they're going to transfer. I, I think they've got to rein it in a little bit. I, I just, I don't, I don't know that we're in a good spot with the, the transfer portal right now. But it is what it is. I mean, we've made this bed, and now we have to lie in it as college athletics. And, and it's not just transfer portal. That's one half of it, too. NIL is the second half. I mean, when you've got an entire, what, the University of Utah that uh, leasing out trucks to every single player that's on the football team, mm-hmm. I, dude, is, is it possible? Okay, and we're, and we're running up against it, dude, but I've got to ask you this question. Dude. Is it possible to put the toothpaste back in the, in the container? Because I don't see how. I mean, I mean, yeah, you can try to legislate it now, and I'm talking about both, the transfer portal and NIL. How do you get the toothpaste back in the container, Chris Edwards? You can't. Uh, there's no way to, to get it. I mean, you've opened Pandora's box now, Brian. Yeah. Like, this, this is the Wild West, and short of there being, you know, state and, and you know, federal regulation against it, and, and I don't see how, you know, Congress or, or the NCAA can govern this. I mean, shoot, the NCAA can barely govern itself. We're, <laughs> we're, we're seeing what's going on with the Michigan thing, and, you know, Congress can't fund the government. So I don't know how they're going to regulate uh, NIL or, or the transfer portal. We've got we've got to find a way though to have some parameters set, and teams have to be have to follow those parameters, right? Like we're at a point now where it's the power two, power three conferences maybe, and then everybody else. You know, I, I just I don't understand. I don't know how we go back to what it was. It's never going to go back to what it was when you and I were were really enjoying like the heyday of the ACC, right? Like it's not going to be what it was back in the day. The the only thing is. We can do is just embrace what it is now, and hopefully there are some parameters that make it more of an equal playing field. But but I do believe that you're, we're getting to the the haves and the have-nots, and eventually it's going to break off, and it's not even going to be recognizable anymore, Brian. It's going to be you know the SEC, the Big Ten, and hopefully the ACC, and, and that's about it. Well, okay, that's a very valid point. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said, Chris. What kind of timetable are you looking at, though? Um, I, I would like to tell you that it's after the grant of rights expires in the ACC and what's that 2035, 2036, something like that. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that that's going to be the case. I, I think that, you know, the Florida States, the Clemsons, I mean, the, the North Carolinas, the Miamis, the Virginias, and they, they may find a way to, to, to circumvent this grant of rights. I mean, it sounds like they're working every day. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens, you know, next year, year after that, but, I still hold firm to the fact that the ACC has added these three schools and Cal, Stanford, and Southern Methodist, that this is going to keep the ACC together through the grant of rights. Um, but we'll see. And, and I think it was an important step for Jim Phillips to do this because of that clause in the ESPN contract with the ACC that said, you know, if the ACC drops below, I think it's 14 or 15 teams, that ESPN can renegotiate the TV contract. So this at least keeps the ACC stable from a – TV perspective for another, what, six, seven, eight years. So I hope it's through the grant of rights and we can just figure it out after that, but I'm not so confident. I would have been way more confident telling you that six months ago than I am right now. Is expansion done with the ACC or is that the silliest question that I've asked you all morning? Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Um, I don't don't know. I feel like for right now it is until the SEC gobbles up somebody else, right? I mean, then what do you do? Like, what? And the the thing is, let's use Florida State for example. I know we're up against it, but like, where does Florida State go? Florida doesn't want Florida State in the SEC, right? Florida State doesn't want to go to the Big Ten, so like, where where are they going to go? Kind of the same thing with Clemson. South Carolina doesn't want Clemson in the SEC. Clemson doesn't want to go to the Big Ten. I I think for right now, the Big Ten and the SEC, at least what I can tell seem to be content but i i don't know i mean you know it's like the weather here in north carolina lately you don't like it wait a day it'll change you know that's kind of how i feel with, with everything that's going on in realignment right now and we should stop calling it realignment because it's not all it is is just a money grab oh dude uh, and i don't think at this point you know i can tell you i'm i'm considerably older than you how old are you 35 okay i'm 54 so i'm a whole generation and a half older than you and i can tell you dude i mean once upon, i once upon a time harbored these sweet feelings about college athletics that you know what they're amateurs and they you know they're they're doing it because they're doing it for love of the game you know for that scholarship so they can you know carry that parchment dude that's that's Bye bye. That went bye bye a long time ago. Okay, I mean, we're, some of them still are. I, I do believe uh, that some of, 
some of the Olympic sports okay. are, are still okay. okay. Yeah, the Olympic sports. If you if you want the true, the, the pure, true as it can be with the portal and everything else. If you want the true nature of college athletics, go out and watch a soccer match or a volleyball match or or, or, or softball or something like that. A lot of these players aren't getting the NIL deals that the football and basketball players and some baseball players are. Some are. It depends on the school that you're at, right? Uh, but but I still feel like there there are still kids out there that are doing it for the reasons that we fell in love with college athletics. Well, I tell you what, it just uh, just the whole business of it is uh, it has soured me a little bit. But dude, guess what? I'm still going to be pulling for my Wahoos, and I'm still going to be pulling for Chris Edwards when I hear him on SiriusXM calling games. Which, dude, that still is one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. Is driving along and you know hitting channel 85 on SiriusXM, and it's Chris Edwards talking on my satellite radio. The Lord help us all, <laughs> dude. Whatever, man. Hey, Chris. <laughs> You are the best, man. Cannot wait to have you back on. Thank you for coming on, and, and thank Always. you for talking about tough subjects too, dude. I mean, for again, sure. that's sure. behind us. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about that and catching us up on everything, man. Look forward to talking to you this winter with everything that's going on. And then, heck, when spring comes around, okay? Can't wait, Brian. Likewise, thanks for having me on, and thanks for having me back all the way. Right, Chris, you're the best, okay? See you, dude. That's Chris Edwards from Duke University. Let's play the birthday game. Uh, let's get John and Jonathan in here, play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the uh, Monday, November 6th edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Monday, November the 6th in the year of the Lord, 2023. It is time to play the birthday game. Uh, I have my, uh, my, my partner over here. John Dawson. Hello, John. I'm not going to say it like that. How you doing, Brian? I have uh, John and my son, Jonathan, over here. Hello, Jonathan. Hi. <laughs> there you go. By the way, dude, I just noticed your T-shirt, man. Dude, that is uh, one of those sweet T-shirts that we got in Vegas yeah. at the U2 show. And uh, you've got the tattoo of the of boy in helmet. Astro baby. Astro baby, yeah, and it's on the front of your shirt. What does it say on your back? Does it have anything on the back of the shirt? I think it just says Ironically, it says fog hat on the back. <laughs> U2 UV Las Vegas Live at Sphere. Dude, I want to go back, man. I'm going back next week, actually. No, you're not. Yeah. When you guys were out there, Sugar Ray was playing in the Epcot <laughs> Sphere in Florida. Just closer if you want to. It's in a big round ball. I know what the, what the is. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not flying southwest, though, I'll tell you that. You. No, you had a bad experience. I do feel bad for you. Hey. At least one leg of it. I mean, from uh, 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 No, it wasn't their fault you let that woman <laughs> overpower you. That's not their fault. He's not wrong, Jonathan. I'm just, I, There's offensive linemen in the NFL that would have <laughs> let them let her. They, they, nothing they could have done. I'd have, had, I'd have had to fight. Uh, one leg, or, girl, man, one leg or one hammer. I'd have, I'd have had to pick a quadrant and just start, start <laughs> swinging. You wouldn't even know if she would have felt it, though. I'm telling you. She, she was four bills, man. You do not give up foot space on a plane. She was four bills, dude. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I gave up airspace on that plane. <laughs> and I laughed because I had the window seat. Jonathan was sitting in the middle. and should I should have crawled in his lap. That's what you should have done. Oh, I thought about throwing a bow. Hey. <laughs> I did laugh and laugh. I thought that was funny. But anyway, hey, well, how was your weekend? What would you do this weekend over there, Jonathan Parrott Dawson? Uh, the drummer for Third of Never, Tony Stiglitz, came into town, and we finished uh, drums for my buddy John Guy Barwick's record at uh, at the Little Vegas Beat Lab, as has been called. And we got a really good drum sound, and uh, that record will be done soon. You know, it'd be easier if you just bought a drum machine, right? You just hit a button, and it gives you uh, drum sounds. Oh boy, John, no response. But it would. It would be much easier. <laughs> Wouldn't have to take all this work. I mean, you just. Get a drum machine, you know? John? John! Why is he I believe what he's Jonathan? doing is not glorifying it with a response. Yeah, that's true. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is that all you did this weekend? Uh, that was Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. Worked on a column a little bit. Did a little more promo for my last record and... Uh, I watched, what was that documentary? I watched the documentary about King Crimson. It was quite good. Even if you don't like their music, it's a good documentary. And 
That's all I can remember right now, Brian. A little pre-show soda, my little loopy. There you go, a little loopy. Anyway, what I, Jonathan, it does not sound as we were getting ready to start uh, start the birthday game here. You still got that nasty cough you had all well, late last week. I went to a rave. I know, I know, but you know, I, I went there and was yelling and shouting and it's kennel cough just say what it is <laughs> that still makes me like well the rave was at the spca ah uh, that makes a lot the of old sense. schnauzer flu oh, there you go there you go well i went to the ecu football game on saturday and they again uh, with the football brian yeah. they still have a program they're struggling they are absolutely i think they struggling. play with a little paper ones you used to make in middle school they are now uh, what one and eight overall after their they've won insert one. score here lost to uh, Tulane. They've only won one more game than I have by myself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now I hate that for Danny Rice because that guy loves him some Pirates, and I would love uh, for him to have a good season. I would too. It's got to be next year, man, because uh, uh, this who's season, the coach this they a, who's the coach they ran off? That they oh, uh, Ruffin McNeil. You think he's laughing his belly oh, off somewhere? I hope he is, man. That was I, the dumb. I don't know anything about sports, admittedly, but that was the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time. Well, ask your pops. I know your dad's much bigger. Yo, he knows. Fan. He knows yeah. the deal. And uh, just awful what they did to Ruffin McNeil. Awful. I mean, I'm not even. Uh, it was just, the athletic director, wasn't it? That's what. Uh, yeah, well, they got rid of him, too, eventually. But uh, I have heard people say Jonathan oh, Massey. Ruffin's the special assistant at NC State now. Oh, I know. I know. He's inching his way back. I would love to see them bring him back. How old is he? You've got it right in front of you there. How old is uh, Coach McNeil now? 65. He could come back in another couple years. years. Yeah, exactly. The I revenge tour. <laughs> the revenge tour. I'd love to see him back, uh, but it's probably not going to happen. But uh, anyway, but uh, man, poor, and then of course, you know, I sat in front of my TV and watched. Uh, TV? <laughs> Say it right. In front of my TVs. Tell them how many games you were watching at one time. What did you tell me? Oh, I that was last weekend. I didn't really do it so much this past weekend. How many games was it, Brian? Jonathan, you're going to love it. Just say it. nine at a time. I had uh, four <laughs> on my big screen on my 72-inch. Then let me finish. So then I had three on an, on my laptop. And then I had uh, the Fox game on one TV and the CBS game on another TV. So I was watching nine games at one time. And I told it's, him a, it's, it's a good thing that your eyes work independently. Like the gecko. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you think I'm making a joke, but I'm literally worried about you. But it's, I told him it's in like, have you ever seen the movie Clockwork Orange? Well, they get a guy out of prison, they're going to rehabilitate him, and they take these iron things and prop his eyes open and start feeding him information to the point where he overloads and breaks down. It's basically what he's doing voluntarily. I think he's already had the breakdown, though. I do yeah. see some marks above the eyes there. You've been propping them open with forks, have you? Uh, actually, with uh, uh, toothpicks. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. Did you say that, too? Yeah. yeah. I knew what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. Toothpicks. You like it that I'm doing? Like the... you're brushing your teeth with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, so uh, why don't we play the birthday game? Sponsored by Goeco Office Automation. And, John, uh, yeah, you're going to take it today there, John I'm going to pinch hit for our boy today. Who's not feeling real well. Shot past leg of Goeco Office Automation is the gracious man who sponsors this segment, and Lord knows. We had people lined up from here to Poughkeepsie to sponsor this, but we chose Jacques because he's local and he passed the credit check. None of the others did. Uh, but if you have a business that needs a little extra oomph, you want me to say that again? I, a little I bit like of that. that. That was good. A little bit I of love that. that you do the fist with it, too. That's well, you cool. got it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You got to sell it. But if you need a little oomph in your business, you go see Jacques Passeleg at Goeco, and he will have you... Uh, how do they say you'll be uh, dining on the Chateau de France I like by it. supper? France. Okay. Well, of course. Well, I know you don't feel well, but can you give us a phone number over there, Jonathan Massey? Yeah, I can. It's 252 252 286 286 53 53 54. 54. Or you can visit his website. at like goeconc.com or what is goeco.com for more information. I love it. Here we go. Uh, the first uh, birthday. She's actually a Kennedy, or she was, was she married to a Kennedy? Doggone, now I've already messed up. Onassis? Uh, no, but she was uh, married to Arnold. Maria Shriver. Dude, she's Maria a, she's Shriver. She's a Kennedy. Uh, she is a Kennedy. She's got to be in that in that uh, Venn diagram of uh, John Dawson uh, I used to favorites. I used to have a crush on her when she was on the morning show on... Um, she was allegedly a journalist. Was it NBC? I can't remember. Wow. But, yeah. 
Natasha. I think she was a journalist before Arnold. Yeah, well, I'm just saying in. she uh, she fits that John Dawson. Uh, you know, your your lovely wife, the yeah. long suffering wife. Uh, Not suffering at all. <laughs> long suffering wife. Not at all. <laughs> but depends uh, on who you ask. Yeah, it does depend. If you ask her, she's going to say yes. But she she blinks S O S in Morse code. Okay. That's right. <laughs> 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 Maria Shriver, do you know who we're talking about, Jonathan Massey? Yeah. Okay. Did you know Chris Pratt was uh, Arnold's son-in-law now? I did I not. Had no idea. Yeah. Anywho, Maria Shriver. Anyone who has not seen Bill Burr's bit about how why Arnold Schwarzenegger is a great man, go look it up. It's, it's first of all, it's factually correct and it's hysterical on top of it. Okay, I like it. So, uh, how old is Maria Shriver today over there, Jonathan Massey? Uh, sixty-two. You say sixty-two. What do you say, John Dawson? Sixty-three. She was born November sixth, nineteen fifty-five. She's sixty-eight today. Yeah. Sixty-eight, and still has a fastball. Man, I'm telling you. Anyway, okay, you, uh, who got that? I you did. did. Uh, John Dawson, you take a one to nothing lead, and it goes to you. She is one of the great younger actresses of our time. She won an Academy Award for Best Actress for La La Land in 2016. It's Emma Stone. No hesitation there. Is that the one you like? Because I know there's an actress that you really, you're a big fan of. Yeah, is that it's, it? It's Emma. Yeah. Oh, Lord, so you <clears throat> probably know how old she is then, too, don't you? Well, it's not your turn to guess, but... But what would you say if it was your turn? <laughs> that was well done. Well done. Air high five. Uh, Very well done. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, know, you know oh, do you, do you want me to give you an answer and you can try to decide if it's me lying? No, because I'm going to get Just let me get it wrong on my own. Okay. What year was that movie? Did it come out? Uh, 2016. Sorry. Thirty-four. You say thirty-four. Jonathan Massey, tell him how old she is. I think she's thirty-five. I don't even know why. <laughs> is that what you were gonna say to him? Yeah. I was gonna, first shot at it. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say thirty-five and let you decide if I was lying or not. Mm. Okay. Yeah. She was born. Which is a uh, fun November little wrinkle. Nineteen eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Why do you like it? Because uh, I gotta tell you, I never saw La La Land, but I saw her in Cruella. Yeah. Well. Good. I've always Lord. had a. I've I saw always that had one with uh, so she was um, tax deduction. She was in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man Spider Man movies. I never saw well. any of those. She was in that. Um, Who she put? Was she uh, not not Mary Jane? Okay. She was. Uh, gosh, what's the girl's name? She was his editor. <coughs> was Jay <she>? Jonah? <laughs> yeah. I think I just blew boogers up. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> but hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But she was uh, she's in Zombieland. Um, <laughs> you got me. Hey, <coughs> hey! She was in a few movies from my youth that I was forced to watch with you know ex girlfriends. Mm. You know when we had to watch their little sisters. Like, yeah. There was a movie called Easy A. Um, she's been a lot of stuff, but I've always he was a rapper, kinda, wasn't he? That was you know, Easy E. This was before. <laughs> oh, dear God. This was a more successful one. <laughs> well, thanks for cleaning my uh, my nostrils out there, John Dawson. You're that welcome. was funny. That was actually yeah, really she, funny. I just always kind of had a thing for her. Yeah. I, mean, she's I agree, actress. by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's. Uh, and then in Cruella, she just stepped it up a notch. Yes. Yeah. She could be Cruella to me any day. Okay, Emma Stone over there, uh, John Dawson. How We've old? already guessed her. Oh, he said we? 34. I oh. said 35. <laughs> so it's one-to-one. So we're going to the next one here. <laughs> See what you did to me there? Point the gun at me, Brad. Yeah, no joke. I mean, I, you threw me off so much. Okay. Mm, booger uh, boy. So it goes to you, Massey. <laughs> booger boy. She was a flying nun. She was Forrest Gump's mom, and she play, has played many other you characters. You like me. You really like me. You like me. You really like me. It's? Oh, what is her name? I want you to She was in Smokey and the Bandit. I can't oh think God, of her name. Oh, my God. Smokey and the Sa- Bandit. Was it Sally Field? Sally Field. Ding, ding, ding. Dude, she's just a little cutie patootie, man, and everything. Your mama really cares about your education. And then, well, I'm not going to make Don't it sound like Forrest Gump yeah. does, but, uh, dude, I love Forrest Gump, man. Yeah. That is such a good Also, movie. I'll say this about that. As a kid, that scene went right over my head. But it was that's designed a, to. That's a good director. <laughs> that is a very good director. Well, that's why you see these Disney movies. Shrek, these, Shrek's loaded with them. These animated, thank you. These the parents animated can stand Disney them, movies. yeah. Yep, exactly. They, you're sitting there and you're laughing and you look at your child and your child has no idea what you're laughing about. 
that's well written. Uh, he was right a Christmas there. goose. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, Sally Field over there. John is a Massey. How old is she today? Uh, it's one to one, right? Yes. Who got Maria Shriver? You did. I did. And then he just got uh, Emma Stone. Of course, he got Emma Stone. So uh, seventy-five. You say seventy-five. What do you say, John Dawson? Seventy-six. She was born November the sixth, nineteen forty-six. So she's seventy-seven today, John Dawson. Congratulations. Uh, you take a two-to-one lead. Now we have uh, two people <laughs> who have passed away, and one of them is a musical hint. And I, if I remember correctly, it's a rock band. It's definitely a rock band. But I don't think you're that big of a fan. Uh, John Dawson. We'll see here, though. And it's, I love, I, let me tell you. I man. beg you to let me choose the song. Is it Purple Heron? I don't do that anymore because uh, uh, my good friend John Dawson will kick <laughs> my butt if I say that. So I try not to do, uh, it's Procol Harum. That's not who the band they is. They used them in the show Billions last week, by the way. Did they? They did. The series finale was awesome, by the way. God, there's so many good songs. I'm going to do one, and if you don't like Pick it. Pick one, quit being a woman. Is that the Eagles? It is the Eagles. Joe Walsh. Yeah. Nope. Keep I going. mean, he's as his he's in the band when okay. they did this. Yeah, but this is a co-lead singer, and I hope I picked Don one. Henley, Glenn Fry. Which one do you think? I don't know. It's Glenn Fry. He died in 2016. Now this is Don Henley, though, isn't it? Yes. Give me a Glenn Fry song. Smuggler's Blues. Well, that's a solo song, but is it an Eagle song? It's a solo song. A Glenn Fry song that the Eagles did. Um, I'm, I'm blanking. Sorry. Take it oh, easy. This, uh, Take I it know easy. why you want this one. Because it was in Miami Vice. They had an episode called Smuggler's Blues. Well, you asked me. That's what first came to mind. I don't mind, dude. I don't mind. But it's just funny that that is the one that you would choose. Uh, Great song. episode, by the way. Give us the what happened in it. Uh, there's a drug dealer who's kidnapping uh, drug dealers' families and ripping them off for money. And then when they go to get the uh, the family member who's being held hostage, they blow them up in the house. So they have to go to Cartagena to get to the root. It's great. What season? Smuggler's Blues. I'm going to say that was season one. I don't know. I mean, I That work. crappy movie they made back in 2006 is based on that episode, and that 43-minute TV episode is 10 times better than the movie was. I don't doubt it. Uh, Glenn Fry, what are you – I'm, I'm sure I've had to ask you about the Eagles at some point, but the Eagles. They're not my cup of tea, but I understand why people like them. They, just, they knew how to write slick radio songs, and if you went to see them in concert, it was a waste of time because it was an, a Xerox of the album. There was no point to go see them. If you go see a band live, you want to see a little something added to it. But I, yeah. that's just me. No, no, no. I agree with you. But, uh, well, there you go. I, did you ever see them live? No, I don't like them. Oh. And if you watch the documentary that they sanctioned, you see how big of a you-know-what Lynn Fry was. And didn't, had no qualms with it. Didn't hide it at all. I had no idea. I didn't deep dive into him. I did a podcast with Don Felder, the guitar player in the Eagles, when I was at the Free Press. Did he talk about what uh, such and such? Yes, he did. Did he? Yep. What did he say? He just said that they were a corporation as equal partners when they stopped in 82. And then when they got back together in 94, Glenn Fry called him up and he said, uh, Don and I are taking most of the money. Here's what your offer. If you don't like it, you have till 5 o'clock to answer. Click. That's how he did his business. That does make him sound like a such and such. Yeah. Yeah. And when he demanded they opened the books, they kicked him out. But they had to pay him because they yeah. weren't supposed to be able to do that. Okay, well, Glenn Fry over there, John Dawson, he passed away in 2016. Mm -hmm. So uh, how old would he be if he were alive today? Oh, man, 75. Congratulations, indeed. He was born November the 6th, 19 and 48, so he is 75. What does that make it, 2 to 2? Two to one. Uh, no, no, that's a fourth one, so it has to be. <laughs> okay, well, I, I think he got Sally Heaven Field. forbid as one of us lose our way. <laughs> now, who got Maria Shriver? I did. He did. Okay, who got, you got Emma yeah. Stone. Who got Sally Field? I think he did. I did. Oh, so you just won then. Three to one. There you You've go. already clinched the day then. We'll still do this last one here, though. Uh, it is, uh, uh, he invented basketball. Naismith. That's right, James Naismith. Uh, he died in 1939. 
So he died uh, 84 years ago. Dean Smith studied under him. Yeah, he did. James Naismith over there, Jonathan Massey. How old would he be if he were alive today, which would be a, a miracle? So it was 84 years ago that he died. Yep. What year was he born? In nine. Oh! Well, I just threw you off there because I said ninth, and he was not born in the 1900s. No. Yeah. I'm going to say he made it to, let's say, 167. You say 167. What do you say, Dizzle? 66. He was born November the 6th in, a, in the year of the Lord, 1861. So he would be 162 years old today. Congratulations, John Dawson. He's in that player portal in the sky, Brian. He is in the player portal in the sky. That's Glad that. he's not here to see what's happened to his sport. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Other birthdays day, local birthdays day, include former South North head football coach Casey Corey, who I adore. I think the world of him, he was only there for a few years at uh, South North. Then he got out, and uh, I think he's in Wilson County now. He's either a principal or assistant superintendent or something but i love Kate, coach Corey. this is what was so funny i could never remember his name is casey Corey. i would i thought i would get mixed up and think his name is Corey casey katie Couric. <laughs> no i never called no no he's a man you would not call I, him Kay i know i know i know i know you were just playing but uh thank the world of him i've not I don't get to see him a lot but every time i get to see him uh, i really enjoy talking to him he's a good guy but happy birthday to casey Corey. then what was the name of that restaurant that you and I would go to where I would get the scrambled egg. Hawks, Hawks nest. nest. Hawks. Man, I got that in stereo from you guys. Judy Johnson, today's her birthday, uh, who uh, used to run that. And I got to tell you, man. Uh, well, first, I miss having lunch with you, John Dawson. <laughs> We're not going to open up that can of worms. We're not. But I do miss having it. That, to me, you all right over there? Yeah. Point the gun at me, Brian. Oh. Well, did you see what he did? That doesn't matter. <laughs> He hurt himself. It's fine. Uh, dude, it was uh, like a, a biscuit, a big old fluffy biscuit. It was a biscuit with gravy and nine eggs on it. It was so good. It was so good. I miss that. I've not had one of those since the last time you and I were there. Probably while you're still here. <laughs> well played. So, if today's your birthday, like Judy Johnson, like Coach Corey, like James Naismith, and Glenn Fry, have a great birthday. We will see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. And again, I want to thank our good friend Jacques Passeleg and GoEco Office Automation for bringing you the birthday game every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. We truly do appreciate him. Uh, let me tell you who else I appreciate. Mark Panicelli and Chris Edwards, man. I mean, Mark Panicelli in our first hour. Uh, if you missed our first hour, you need to listen to the replay again at three. It was just a, a fun hour with him, just getting caught up on everything. And if you missed, uh, Chris Edwards earlier this hour, you missed a really good, uh, a really good, uh, visit from him. Uh, just everything that man has been through here in the last little bit, uh, and not of his volition. I mean, I've said that many times and I stand by it. Love you, Chris Edwards, uh, and uh, love you too, Mark Panichel. You know what, dear listener? I love you too. That is our show for today. On tomorrow's show, we're going to have Richard Clark in our first hour. We're going to have Catherine Pearson and Jessica Cruz in our second hour too. So college basketball starts today. How about that, man? An 11.30 women's game that Chris Edwards is going to, and then just throughout the rest of the week, hey, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Football was uh, not that much fun this year here in our neck of the woods, but guess what? We got basketball to rescue us. Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.